Welcome to episode three of the CR Podcast. This is sports editor Chris Shantz. I hope you've enjoyed the first two episodes so far and that you've been waiting in the balance for the next installment. While Old Main Winter continues to blanket the Midwest with cold temperatures, high winds, ice and snow, this episode aims to help us look forward to what is, in my opinion, the best part about spring and summer, baseball. This show is about a local resident who, after spending his fall out in Arizona, is preparing for his first full season as a professional baseball player. So I recently spoke with Nick Twaits, a 2018 graduate of Fort Recover High School and pitcher in the minor league system for the San Diego Padres. On May 19th, Twaits, a 6-foot, 2-inch, 195-pound right-hander, was doing his best to keep the season alive for the Fort Recovery baseball team as it played Midwest Athletic Conference rival Coldwater in the Division IV district semifinal. The Indians ended up losing that game 8-1, to but it turned out to not be the final time Twaits would pitch. He was set to transition to summer ball before heading to honor his commitment to the Kent State Flashes. But 18 days later, his life changed as he was selected in the 15th round, 441st overall by the San Diego Padres, in the Major League Baseball first-year player draft on June 6th. On July 4th, Twaits agreed to a professional contract, which included a signing bonus of $450,000. From there, Twaits was shipped off to Arizona to compete in the Arizona Fall League. Just 13 days after signing his contract, Twaits made his professional debut, throwing two hitless innings of relief while striking out three and walking one of the seven batters he faced. But that was just a sign of things to come as he was just getting warmed up. He began his pitching career without giving up a run for more than 11 innings. When it was all said and done, he appeared in eight games with five starts. He had a 2.42 ERA in 26 innings of work, during which he allowed nine runs. Seven of those were earned. He also walked 11 and struck out 35. I spoke with Nick recently about his time in Arizona and what his plans are heading into the 2019 season. How you doing? Not too bad, Nick. How are you? Good, real good. Uh, where are you right now? I am heading back to uh, Cincinnati. I just threw a bullpen in Wapak. Okay. Well, how, why Wapak? Uh, I don't know if you know Brian Garman at all. Not really. Um, he just he's the last year he worked with the um, Angels. Okay. And he had like six M six M minor leaguers, and uh, Jerry Blevins was there too. So so. Okay. Yeah, guys oh, nice. Um, how long have you been in the area then? I just drove up last night and I'm heading back down to my apartment right now. Down in Cincinnati? Uh. All right. Um, so basically, I just kind of want to just recap last year and just uh, sort of look look ahead as to what the plan is, is for this year. Um, so, you know, after you were able to ink, you know, s- sign your name on that contract, just what was. Uh, what was the schedule like for you immediately after that? So I signed a month after I got drafted. Yep. So at that point, they had to take me through another throwing program because they wanted to make sure I was game ready. So I didn't actually throw in a game until about, I think it was two or three weeks after I signed. So I had to go through a bullpen first, but I had to build up to the bullpen, then a live BP, um, and then I got to throw in a game. Finally, uh after a few weeks of being there against the uh, Giants. Right. After that, after that, I went through the rest of the season throwing every sixth day with the amount of pitches 
slightly increasing every time until I got up to 70, and we didn't get to go above that at the league I was in. Uh, just talk to me about that first appearance. What was that like for you? I was, it was nerve-wracking, to say the least. Um, I got to throw in the giant spring training facility for my first one. So it was, it was a pretty full stadium, but it was a pretty big stadium. It wasn't really full. The AZL doesn't really get very many fans. But it was sweet to see the everything around me. You know, that's where the Giants have their spring training facility. You saw the championships that they won. You had, they had banners hanging out from them there. So the atmosphere of the stadium was really cool. Um, my pitching coach actually told me that they were a little nervous to hear me come in. I came in on a release, and they could just hear me pound on the wall at the uh, – bullpen just missing the catcher by so much because I had so much adrenaline going on. Uh, how did you get over those nerves then? Um, you, you realize it's just baseball. You, you start to throw and you, you don't even think about the nerves anymore. You're just focused on the game. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for it. I mean, I'm looking around. I was so nervous that day. I was walking around before the game. Just I couldn't sit still. But once you actually start pitching, you forget about that and you, and you just focus on what you have to do. Obviously, the hitters are professionals, but what was the biggest change that you noticed from pitching a month before that against high school kids? The biggest change for me, honestly, was the language barrier. Um, at high school, you know, everyone spoke English. I could communicate with everyone, but once I got to professional baseball, there was uh, most of the time only two other guys on the field that spoke English as their first language. So my catcher was from Mexico. At times, my entire infield was... Um, Latin Americans, uh, it was hard to communicate. That was the biggest change for me with not taking much Spanish in high school was struggling to communicate with everyone around me. How were you able to overcome that? Or, you know, what challenge, like what other challenges did you face in terms of that? Um, so, the baseball is a universal language to a degree. So you're able to communicate through that um, everywhere. Like my pitching coach, um, he spoke both languages fluently. The first base coach, so at least you're able to talk through them mm-hmm. um, and you're able to pick up little things here and there they learn English here and there so you're able to communicate a little bit uh, so you started out of the bullpen when did you make the transition to the starting lineup uh, I think it was my third or first, fourth outing I got moved to starting uh, starting pitcher um, I don't remember I think yeah it was my third outing after they had worked me up to around 55 50 pitches 60 pitches I was moved to a starter, and then the kid that I was following, me and him switched to the he became my reliever. Not okay. the first reliever. Okay. Goes without saying, you had a pretty impressive start. I mean, you went a number of innings, I think, without without giving up a uh, an earned run, or at least a, a run in general. I mean, how were you able to be as effective as you were to begin your career like that? You just, uh, I enjoyed it. I just had fun out there, and I wasn't thinking about anything else but going out and getting better and having fun and the results showed that when I started the struggle I, was, I let myself worry about outside things that I have no control over and it showed on the field when I didn't have as much success but when I was just enjoying it and realized like this is my dream I'm just going to go have fun and give it everything I've got it, it just the results showed it's kind of going back to your debut I think you struck out the second batter you faced I mean to, to get that first one out of the way was that relieving at all or it was. It was a lot of. I mean, that whole first thing was a blur. I don't really remember much of it. I don't remember <laughs> running out of the uh, bullpen, to be honest with you. But it was. It was just an unreal experience. But 
yeah, it was relieving to get that out of the way and not have to worry about the first one. I know your fastball has always been there, but you've kind of spent the last couple of years refining some of your off-speed stuff. Is that has that been the focus then um, when you were pitching for the uh, for the Padres rookie league this past year? Yeah, actually, in instructs after the uh, season, they have an instructional league, and you just play inter squads with different uh, prospects in the organization. They took away my break my curveball and made me throw only fastball changeups to try to develop that. And that's been a big focus for me this offseason is trying to develop a changeup. Um, played around the splitter a little bit, but also maybe used down the road. But they really pounded me on the changeup because my breaking ball was by far my best offseason pitch this year. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit more about that uh, instructional league. Like, where did you go? What did you have to do? I mean, what was that experience like? So I was in the same place I was for the regular season in the AZL. You, uh, Arizona League, you play in the same facility as a spring training facility. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'll be going after spring training. That's where Instructs was as well. Um, and they had pretty much every pitching coach in the organization because it's after the minor league season. But the uh, big league season is finishing up. So you had everyone there. They brought in different guys for the hitters. They brought in Moises um, Alou and a few other big leaguers for the pitchers. They brought in guys like Tadeo Nomo and Trevor Hoffman to, to walk around and help out the guys as well as all the pitching coaches. So it's just three weeks. All they focus on is development. They're not too much worried about the results. They just want to see guys work on certain things they needed to work on that they didn't have throughout the season. How did guys like Moises Alou or, or Hideo Nomo or Trevor Hoffman, how did they treat you as, as a player? they treat you as an equal or you know just some, some young kid that has a lot more work to do or – or how, how was how was that? I was kind of wondering what would that be like too. Um, Trevor Hoffman, I got to speak to him, and he spoke to me just like I was just like I was one of him. And he taught me how he told me how he threw his changeup. He walked me through that process. Um, so I noticed the guys that are really good; they treat you just like you're one of them. They don't really act like they're too much too good for you. Okay. Uh, how'd you spend the winter? I trained down here in Cincinnati. Um, a guy I worked with for about seven years, Tyler Graham. I've been working with him throughout this off season. He played uh, minor league ball, and now he's a strength coach. So I've been pretty much in Cincinnati the whole time, uh, getting ready for this spring training coming up here. I head out in uh, two weeks. Okay, um, just kind of going back a little bit to to that first season. What was the living situation like? I mean, were you by yourself? With you have another roommate that was on the team? we lived in hotels um, there were about it was a 10 minute walk to the field every day which wasn't bad despite the fact that it was 110 out yeah uh, I lived I must have missed him there No, that's fine. Um, last last thing you said uh, was the walk to the stadium about 110 degrees
yeah, I think you had touched base on it a little bit. Yeah, the plans for the spring. What's what's going on there? Uh, I'm get, I got invited to minicamp, which Major League Camp will start here soon. Yep. They start games a lot sooner, but Minor League Camp is separate from that. It's in the same facility, but it's separate. Um, so it will start beginning of March. So I got invited to they call mini camp, which will be here in two weeks. It is just a little bit more spring training. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's my first time going through it, but I uh, got invited to that, so that's a, a positive for me. And we'll see. Um, there's the rumblings about potentially playing in Fort Wayne next year, but I mean, one thing I've already learned is there's no guarantees of that. You can't look at what someone said until it happens. You don't know what you're going to be up to. I mean, how does that work? Like, how do you get assigned? Do you know? Does somebody just tell you? At the end of spring training, there will be shoots coming out, and they will be posted on the whiteboard, and you find out where you're going. Simple as that? Yep. So throughout the season and, and the winter and in your instructional league, what, what sort of feedback did you get specifically as, as to how you can become a better pitcher or refine some of your skills? We, I mean, we worked with the pitching coach throughout the season, um, Instructs there was a lot more because it was only focused on development. They didn't care if you win, lost, whatever. I don't know they were focusing on development with you so you could talk to the coordinators all there. You could talk to the pitching coaches whenever you want. Um, they were we were assigned to groups. I got to work with John Halama a lot. He uh, was one of our pitching coaches and um they're all focused on development, but they're also teaching you the process of going through a season. In my first one, okay. So it wasn't as much um, fine tuning, like throwing a changeup, because I focused on winning at that point. I know a lot of people kind of have some gripes with the way that minor league players live. I mean, you know, it, it can be a grueling process. Have you experienced any of that yet, in terms of, you know, some of the like, longer bus rides or you know things that you have to deal with as a minor leaguer? Um. So last year, everything was in Arizona, so the farthest one I had was 25 minutes, but I've definitely talked to some guys, and, you know, you get to Midwest League, you have some 10-hour bus trips, and then you got to play the next day, sleeping on the bus, so I've heard stories, but I don't have to go through anything like that yet. Does that seem overwhelming to you at all, or something that you feel like you might not like? I mean, I'm not, I know I won't enjoy it, but it's part of the process, <laughs> I can't just blame it on that, yeah. you got to get through it, everyone has to do it. You're considered a professional baseball player. How does that sound to you? I mean, it's what I worked for. I mean, it's part of what I worked for growing up. It's always what I've wanted. So, I mean, it's really cool to hear, but then, and again, you can't let yourself get hung up on that. You have to keep pushing because the end goal is not to pitch in the Arizona League and have success for one year to be in the big league. So I got a lot of work to do if I want to accomplish that. What kind of work do you think it'll take? Like, what... What do you feel you can work on most? Um, you, you can always work on the mental side of it. Um, which what I mean by that is making sure like your process, pitch by pitch, is while you're not focusing on the result of a pitch for me so much. Like if it was a great changeup or it was bounced, what did I do to throw a good one? Or if I threw a bad one, right? What do I do? Need to fix that. That's the biggest piece that big leaders do that I've noticed that a lot of guys don't that separates because it's, it's really not talent because there's guys in our league that threw 97, 98 and then they fall off but the thing that big leaders have is consistency 
Mm-hmm. You have to be tough. Every time you go out, you know, they know what you're going to get. What's your fastball up to now? Uh, last year, I got it up to 94. Um, I touched that most times when it, I would say 90, 92. And what's your curveball at? I know you said that's what you said has been your best pitch. Uh, last year, it was 79, 82 playing that range. Pretty good break on it still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was uh, my best off speed, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see how it plays this year. Good. Um, so something like... You know, in high school, you, you you build a rapport with catchers. Like, I know you, you worked with Cade a lot, or you worked with, uh, you know, Cody Shinneberry. When you make the jump up like you did, how do you build that rapport with your catchers, uh, knowing that you may have a different guy every night? That's, that's one thing that is not the most enjoyable going from catcher to catcher, but you have to just find a way to get through it. Um, if you're going to put them on affiliate, usually – Affiliate would be like a Fort Wayne team or um, a Dayton Dragon. Mm-hmm. You usually have the catcher, the same catcher for a while until they move. But you absolutely build a, a friendship, I'd say, is the big thing to learn to trust them in game. You have to be able to just connect with them on a level outside of the game, and then it'll, it'll move over to the game. Uh, so the big league spring training starts up next week. When does yours begin again? I got invited to mini camp, so I'll head out there the 18th. Okay, what are you doing until then? Just keep working out? Yep, I will keep working out. I'm throwing more pens right now, getting ready for spring training. Um, but lifts are going down in intensity. They're not as high as they were right after the season and throughout the winter. Mm. Um, more throwing now to get ready for spring training, because spring training, you do throw a lot into spring training. You mentioned at the beginning of the interview that you were throwing every six days, at least in, in terms of uh, appearances and games. What do you do between that? Uh, between starts? Yeah. So, um, they had it pretty structured for high schooler guys. You didn't get to choose your schedule as much. Um, last year, they would you wouldn't be allowed to throw the day after your start. Then you get to play some light catch day two um day one there'd also be a lift on there day three you could extend it out a little bit more day four would be a light bullpen if you'd like you can you don't have to throw it but i always did i enjoyed it um day five would be uh just a little bit of the catch get it moving do everything off the mound one more time and then day six you'd be on the mound uh and anything else that uh you've you would like to talk about that maybe I haven't touched base on? I think we covered it all, if you got everything you need. Uh, I really think that's it. I mean, I just, just kind of wanted to know, you know, how that first year was and, and what the plan is it was moving forward. So, um, Nick, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me, and uh, we'll keep following you as your career progresses, and I wish you the best of luck as always. Awesome. Thank you, man. You take care of yourself. You too. Thanks for tuning in to episode three. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Nick Twaits and his upcoming season with the San Diego Padres organization. Be on the lookout for episode four. Can't guarantee when it'll drop, but it'll be out soon. Have a good one.